Hello and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, proudly presented by Roast House Pub, where elevated culinary creations meet a fresh, evolving craft beer selection, making it one of Frederick's unique dining destinations. Hey everyone, I'm your host Chris Sands, and today I'm joined by Joshua Loyal, the founder of Mighty Kind. Hi Joshua, how's it going? Just great, thanks for having me. Uh, and I'm so happy that uh, you made it here with the technical difficulties. And thank you for actually teaching me how another segment of this service works. So you uh, you were the first person to have the pain. So now I can uh, <laughs> explain to other people how to get connected in. Well, I'm a uh, you know I I turned 45 on Tuesday, so I do uh, I do remember what it was like to not have all these technical. <laughs> Uh, difficulties uh, so i uh you know i appreciate both sides i uh, equally. i i turned 45 this year also uh you're much older than me though right, <laughs> right. yes i uh yeah it's <laughs> so been a wonderful wonderful year so let let's start out with um I feel like there there might be a winding road to get to Mighty Kind. Um, so can you can we get just a little bit of background of who you are and um, what you've done leading up to starting Mighty Kind? Sure. Um, I will say we'll start in college. I... Um, I found myself as the guy that would um, host parties, find a place to gather, find a band to play, find a keg, buy some cups, stand at the door, and kind of put all the pieces together to have a good time. So you, you were the fun provider. I was a fun provider. Um, I, After two years in college, I moved home. My parents were getting a divorce after 20 years. And my dad asked me if I wanted to open up a bar. He was a carpenter and I was a fun provider. <laughs> so somehow together, we, we thought it'd be a good idea to open up a small dive bar in an old Italian neighborhood on the hill uh, called the hill in St. Louis. Um, my dad drove past this little bar a few times going to a job and was like, I wonder if that would be something we could do. Uh, fast forward a few months later, we were signing paperwork and apparently they were going to allow us to do this, even though we didn't really have any money or experience, <laughs> uh, legally experience. You know, we had parties in our basement um, and a bar that was made out of recycled materials, you know, back in the 90s. Um and that's kind of where it started. And dad was like, well, if we could charge everybody for their beers instead of them just coming over to the basement and drinking all of his out of the fridge, we, you know, could potentially have a nice business plan. And so uh, he was really just trying to find a way to keep your friends out of his refrigerator. My, I have two older brothers and two younger sisters. So there's, so there's a lot of uh, hands in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, um, Next thing you knew, we we opened a bar. It's the oldest bar in the city of St. Louis. It's been here since 1908. So uh, my father and I 
bought it from the third generation of an Italian family. So we are five generations, two families, and the bar has been here for now 114 years. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, it made it through prohibition, depression, a couple other big words, a <laughs> pandemic, <laughs> now a pandemic. Uh, so it's really been through all of those things and is still here. We just celebrated 23 years uh, for my father and I. Um, so I, I have 23 years in the bar industry. That is a big piece of, of my story. What, what's um, the name of the bar? It's called Pops, P-O-P apostrophe S, Blue Moon. Um, it was Pops when we got it, and we added the Blue Moon to kind of personalize it, but keep it uh, familiar to the neighborhood. Okay. Uh, and that worked pretty well. Um, even though a lot of our fans and family wanted to call it Pops because they thought it was cool that it was this old Italian bar. Yeah. Our and then the old Italians all wanted to call it Blue Moon because they thought it was cool that it finally changed names. So, <laughs> so you know, whatever works. It's a uh, choose-your-own-adventure name. It was like an old World War II veteran hangout when we got there. Like, guys that would go home in time for Jeopardy. And, <laughs> you know, and it was, uh, but it was such a cool, it was just, I could write a book about the stories that I heard in that bar from that generation that, you know, Within five years of me being there, they were all gone. Um, so it was really a chance to really hear firsthand a lot of awesome stories that happened in that bar and on that street and in that neighborhood. And there's a flag that hangs in the bar that is uh, that has about 100 names on it. And uh, they are all people from the neighborhood that went away to the war. And a lot of them didn't come back. And so it was like a real like dose of reality on the wall that like there were like three kids on the, on our block alone that went away to the war and didn't come back, you know? So um, it was just a, a lot of character in the bar and it, being there for over a hundred years. I mean, the stories are, you know, hanging out on the walls waiting for you to, to listen. Um, That's really cool. Really a neat, really a neat experience to be in a, a community bar like that, that was always known for being a little bit progressive. Um, the stories of the place are just, you know, you feel like you're in the right place. Um, people did have always, they've always did things differently there. There was music when a lot of places didn't have music. There was uh, inclusivity when a lot of places weren't inclusive uh just the you know it's it's it made sense that we ended up there um and so i i booked i've booked over four thousand concerts since then uh we booked five nights a week of local music and touring bands for many years there i opened up a bigger concert venue called 2720 cherokee um that is a it was a 600 capacity music venue in a 20,000 square foot space um, art gallery. It was three levels. That was most of my thirties. So I did the bar in my twenties. I did a, a bigger venue in my thirties. A few years ago, 
and we can fill in the blanks. But a few years ago, I decided to take a break from alcohol, mostly as a social experiment and to make new business partners and friends because I had been in the bar industry for almost 20 years. And I was just kind of wore out from alcohol, really from like depending on alcohol sales for all of my events and my every night. And it's like, was it a success tonight? And I'm like, I don't know. Did people drink enough? <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> It just kind of started to wear on me a little bit yeah. on my soul. Uh, I was kind of looking for something else that would keep me in the live music business, keep me in the bars, keep me around my friends, the community, uh, but give me a new energy. And so I really didn't know what it was going to be. And I just wanted something other other than alcohol. I mean, it could have been a clothing line or it could have been some food item or I, I really didn't know, just a concept even. And um, I stumbled onto a non-alcoholic craft beer maker that was getting ready to launch in out of St. Louis called Wellbeing Brewing. And I kind of was like, I wouldn't drink any beer. That's a weird idea. But but other people would love that probably if it tasted good. It's yeah. never tasted good. But if it did, that'd be pretty cool. And this was five, year, five years ago almost. In that time, NA Craft Beer has exploded as an industry and is all over the world at this point and a very, very proven concept. But I was at the birth of it. And I had a company that I met and I joined the company for a year. We had technology of ways of making any beer that nobody in the United States had yet. So it was like this new idea with new technology. And I introduced it to Denver, Nashville, Chicago, Miami. And it just like, it changed the way people were looking at beer and why people were drinking it. And that really inspired me to move into the, the cannabis space. And it was like, well, if people are going to drink beer without alcohol, just imagine if you put a little CBD in it or a little THC in it or, or really just, you know, the idea of taking a, a sparkling water, like the seltzer boom, truly white claw, you know, that kind of stuff was doing like billion dollars a week a couple of years ago. Um, I saw all that happening in the LaCroix and the bubbly and everybody's like no calories, no sugar. And it all just fit together. I was like, I'm going to make sparkling water with no sugar and I'm going to put some cannabis in it, a little CBD or a little THC or a little something. And it was just, it's like the winning combination right now where it brings together the, the beer world, the cannabis world, the non-alcoholic world, and just really fuses them all together in a way that the world is ready for. Um, it's a it's a, a thing that I wanted to do for myself. I told you earlier, I have two older brothers and two younger sisters, but I was born without a sweet tooth. And one of my sisters was as well. So, it, and it's a pretty intense thing. I literally built the company as a sugar-free company and sweetener-free company because of my personal interests and realizing over 40 years that there's so few options in that category. Um, you know, part of the reason that, you know, to jump, 
the the Kevin Smith deal. It happened because it was sugar free. Like if we weren't a sugar free product, we wouldn't have even we wouldn't have landed that deal. Well, actually, let's um, we'll, we'll, not to we'll, jump around. Yeah, we'll we'll dive into that a little bit further because I mean that's how I found you because I'm a huge yeah. Kevin Smith fan. Yeah. Um, so there's going to be, be a lot of segues. Yeah, there will be a lot of a lot of questions <laughs> revolving around that. Yeah. Um, so is that uh, the seltzer idea? That's when Mighty Kind was. Yes. That that that's when that was formed. It wasn't already yeah, I, there, I, and then seltzer was added in. Correct. I yeah. I was inspired by my friends that started the non-alcoholic craft beer company, and I was like, I'm gonna take one step over into this lane, and I'm gonna make infused sparkling waters, and even sparkling water with just organic flavors. I started a beverage company at that point, and was like, I'm gonna do this because nobody's doing it the way I want it to be done. And it seems very feasible. Um, so I spent, yeah, the last three or four years doing a lot of R and D going to market with a bunch of different brands. Uh, mighty kind is, is the mother company that, uh, manufactures the products. And then we have a handful of our own brands. Plus we manufacture for 15 other brands right now. Oh wow! And, and we're adding new brands like every week or two. Right. Then so, that, that already answers, I think, mostly the question I was going to lead into. But let's take um, a real quick sponsor break, and then we can get uh, a little further into uh, what Mighty Kind is and what all you offer. So we'll be right back. Uncapped is brought to you by one of Frederick's original Maryland craft beer destinations located off of Urbana Pike, featuring a warm, inviting atmosphere and knowledgeable staff serving up fresh, locally sourced culinary creations and unique craft beers on tap. Open seven days a week, our friends at Roast House Pub invite you to enjoy a casual lunch, happy hour specials, delicious dinners, and specialty desserts. Follow them on social media to keep up to date on their monthly beer dinners, mom's spaghetti dinner battles, and what beer is being featured for Buck Above Monday. Idiom Brewing Company proudly offers a delicious variety of beers to satisfy the most discerning tastes. Best known for their wide array of IPAs, delicious fruited sours, and robust porters and stouts, Idiom has a simple goal in mind, to bring people from all walks of life together, to enjoy themselves and each other. Whether you're a hophead looking for explosively juicy IPAs, are one of the adventurous few looking to try boozy, sour, or complex flavors, or just looking to enjoy classic styles and seasonal favorites, they'll have a little something for you. Idiom Brewing Company is located in downtown Frederick, just south of the intersection of East Street and East Patrick Street, with ample seating directly on Carroll Creek. So let's, uh, before we dive more into operations of the company, what, uh, what does mighty kind mean to you? What it like, what, what is the history of using that name? Um, well, it's, it, I found it fitting for the cannabis industry. Um, kind is, you know, kind of a play on words for that space. Um, it's also something that's needed as much as ever in the world. No doubt about Uh, that. So, uh, it was, um, you know, our website and our our social media handles are Be Mighty Kind, which is just kind of a call to action. Um, for us, it's it's also trying to 
kind of bring a little bit of friendliness and open arms to the cannabis plant in general. Um, I think it's, you know, demonized overall and has been for a long time. Devil's lettuce. Devil's lettuce. I feel like we've (laughs) taken the opposite approach. So really just trying to make it something more friendly and welcome. Our color is yellow for that reason. Um, You know, we really try to just be friendly and something different on the shelf from all the black and green and the, in the cannabis industry, I feel like 80% of the products out there are black. Um, You're right. You know, they are, they kind of, they it, all are. It's or wild. like, it, or brown or like a real dark Brown or like, I'm trying to think of earthy, like other maybe. CB. Yeah. Other CBD products I've purchased and they are all really dark earth tones dark. or just black. It's like, they're trying to get the premium look or the, the high price, high profile or whatever it is. But it's also, it's weird. It's like we go to conferences and we're walk around in our yellow shirts and we just stick out like it's ridiculous. <laughs> like we, it's like, are you guys security or what? You know, <laughs> and, and it's like, no, we're just something different in this space. And that's, you know, the sugar free thing again in the edible space of cannabis, whether it's CBD or THC, finding edibles, whether drinks, gummies, cookies that are not sweetened is very challenging. So for us, that's our, our thing. We're just trying to bring, bring some, something different to the space and make sure everybody knows it's different. And I can tell you, look, my wife loves your seltzer. Cause that was one of the first things she asked me was whether it has sugar. Cause while I unfortunately have a humongous sweet tooth, my wife is in your camp of not having one at all. Um, so when she tried it, it's like she was like, my God, this is amazing. Yeah, I mean, we're trying to do something different, and I'm very passionate about it. I create things that I want to drink myself and feel like as long as I, you know, am somewhat in touch with other people, then if I like it, others should too. And there's enough people out there to make happy in a space that's been pretty neglected overall. You know, the and really it's interesting because the whole the whole like California sober, the sober curious, the non-alcoholic movement in general, it really fuels everything I'm doing. Um, and that's a really loud space. I mean, people are they are so thankful that you have an option for them on the menu when they go yeah. to the restaurant that they will tell the world about it, you know. <laughs> And and that's kind of something that I'm just really enjoying after being in the bar, the bar business for 23 years and realizing that a lot of people want to stay in this scene, but just don't want to get drunk anymore, you know, or not as much, or just have those times when they don't or an hour when they don't or whatever that, that these neighborhood bars, even nightclubs, I mean, places for people to go you know, restaurants that, that put a little love into the other side of the drink menu. They're really pleasing people. People are willing to pay the money, help promote the idea, the concept. Our bar, as old as it is, we went non-alcoholic on Saturday nights, every Saturday in 2018. And 
part of it was celebrating the passing of the hemp bill and allowing us to make CBD drinks. But the other part was just us real, like proving to the world that this little dive bar with live music could do the same business on a Saturday without alcohol as it was with alcohol. And we did it. And it was, I was on the cover of the USA Today newspaper in July, it was July 9th, 2019, I think it was. Um, and it was for like booze-free alternatives in nightlife. You know, it was a simple concept yeah. in a way, but it was like unheard of three years ago. <laughs> well, so, and you kind of alluded to it. It's probably like so many people were afraid of the idea that it just wasn't possible. So no one yeah. tried. Yeah. And a lot of it is like, there was Shirley temples and there's like, Oh, duels and a beer or yeah. whatever. And like the, it was, there was nobody given any love to that space. And I'm again, 45 years old. A lot of my, Peers are the restaurant owners, the bar owners now. They are, or at least managers, or the ones that are in control of the menus and the ordering and the the concept of what the place is. And a lot of these people aren't drinking anymore, even yeah. though they're running the the facilities. So it makes perfect sense once you offer a few tools to create a menu. Um, it, it didn't take much for it to catch on. It's just there was there were no tools there. The bartenders had nothing, and uh, non-alcoholic spirits, for example, which is still a stretch for a lot of people to understand. It's a complex liquid that people appreciate the flavor of. It doesn't have to get any more, you know, weird than that. And you're putting it in a fancy bottle, just like you would whiskey or gin, and you're making a drink with it, and it has different things to bring to the table, you know, other than just the, the alcohol. So it's a pretty exciting space overall. And, and the non-alcoholic spirits thing is, it's just worth mentioning for me. I, I, uh, I run the, I'm the ad, the sole admin of the non-alcoholic spirits Facebook group, which sounds weird to flex being a Facebook group <laughs> owner, <laughs> but it went from a hundred or 200 people in the first two years, just four years ago to over 18,000 people globally, organic growth and like over a hundred posts a day for, with recipes, with interest in where do I find these products? I mean, it is truly amazing. And I am communicating with, just about every NA spirits company in the world, because this group has become a launch pad for products. There are multiple brands that have launched in this group and only in this group. One of them went sold to 10 different countries in the first two months. Wow. Just by advertising in this group. It, it's like that. The people are so passionate. And so now you have NA vodkas and gins. Well, vodka is probably the hardest one. Gin, whiskey, tequila, you have all these botanical spirits that are uninfused or un non-alcohol, which for me as a person who specializes in infusions, that's like a, a blank canvas. You have all these spirits that you can put a little bit of wellness into, a little calming effect, a little pain relief, a little buzz, 
and that whole category is just going to keep on growing and expanding and expanding over time. So, so have you thought there, about getting into that space at all, or is I'm there? I'm, oh, okay. I'm very, yeah. The well, the the RTD business and the 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 bottle, you know, the the spirit business, they're kind of the same thing. It's just different packaging. Okay. You know, remove the bubbles, make it a little stronger flavor, put it in a fancy bottle, and now you have a spirit. Okay. <laughs> so you're, and that's really, I mean, you're, you know, there's different things, ingredients that you will include in processes, but for the most part, it's water and some other ingredients and some packaging. Um, so one of the things I was going to ask you was, that, do you, do you use a co-packer or do you produce yourself? But it sounds like you're actually a co-packer as well as your own manufacturer. Yeah, we, um, I, I, it's just kind of the way I do things normally and always have as an entrepreneur that's pretty hands-on. I uh, find out the best way to do things and usually that ends up trying to do it myself. Yeah. Uh, that's where I end up. And that is what we do here. We, we are, uh, we went out looking for a co-packer and we ended up just finding a better partnership where we would be hands-on teaching them what we needed and we learned together. So I would say it's a, a collaborative effort okay. of, um, co-packing and hands-on manufacturing. So we're on the, we're on the forefront of, of a space. So there was not a whole lot of places that you could go that you could get guidance on how to put cannabis or THC or CBD or what the compliances were. It's all very, very new. Yeah. So we're really navigating that on a, a month to month basis still here. I mean, we're only, the whole entire industry of hemp is only five years old, four or five years old. Um, do you uh, grow or produce the hemp yourself at all, or do you purchase the it, the we hemp purchase, the CBD um, you're using? Yeah, we purchase. It, it depends on the project. There are some some different ways of doing it, but most of the time we purchase a concentrated extract. Um, so we, you know, we have extractor extraction companies that we trust and have found throughout the years. Um, we try to use local products whenever possible, uh, depending on the type of project. But again, in an industry that's only four years old, the farmers haven't quite, most of the farmers have not gotten to a place where they have consistent yields of anything yet. It's, it's so brand new. Uh, that so, kind of thing takes years to develop. So just still trying to figure out the bet, like the best way to cultivate and uh, just I mean, the just, farming methods in general for it. Yeah. I mean, those getting those yields proper takes years. I mean, it's not, you don't just jump in and all of a sudden, yay, we're great. And we know, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a little more patience in that world. And, um, you know, there's, there's people out there that have got it down and, you know, even in the last three or four years have made leaps and bounds every year. Um, but it's hard to, it's hard to depend as a manufacturer on consistent ingredients in this space with a lot of the local or, or newer, smaller farmers. You okay. know, you have to, what we do is we try to pair up 
the projects that we're working on with the proper supply. And sometimes that means you have to go out of state to get it because you need a bigger amount and you need to know that it's going to be consistent every time. And um, so it's really, you know, I, I can, I compare it to buying a steak, you know, you, 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 uh, you're best off to know the farmer, you know, versus trusting the the store. (laughs) So, and that's one of the, um, one of the problems I've found in like CBD in general is that there seems to be a lot of, I'll just say like, BS products kind of sure. like there's so much of like, you really need to be careful where you're buying it from like the, the finished good from. Um, so that probably does go all the way through the supply line. Uh, um, yeah, I'll, like, com- I'll compare it to fish instead of steak actually. Cause that's a more there a white fish, for example, and uh, will often get labeled whatever the demand in the market is, is needed. So like if they need Pollock and there's a low amount available and they have all this white fish, they'll label it Pollock and send it through. And who knows the difference? And if you're, if you've always gotten Pollock, even though it was this sea bass and you always get it as Pollock, then that's Pollock to you. Yeah. And I I think the hemp industry being unregulated and and I don't know the regulations going to solve a whole lot of issues. I'm not exactly pro regulation in a lot of, areas um i again think it's best to know your farmer and not depend on some seal of approval on the package for example i yeah, mean because that like that's not even pay, i don't even think that, that would stuff. yeah that i don't know that that would really even solve like the problems that like i've seen like i think it's just like it's almost with anything like you just have to find a brand that you trust and that yeah. you like you've experienced it and it is a good quality product but it just yeah, seems like in the variables. CBD realm, there are a lot of not <laughs> quality products. Yeah, I mean it's 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 unfort. I mean it's like a lot of industries as time moves forward, the quality sometimes gets harder to find and gets genetically modified for a variety of reasons. Um, there's you know, the government and probably many others are working very hard to figure out, um, you know, synthetic replacements for these plants anyway, that are cheaper and produce better and give all the similar qualities or, you know, um, and the cannabis plant is so complex that it's going to be a tough one there. There's new parts of that plant still being discovered all the time. And, and it's going to be a moving target for, for that. Um, so I think there's going to be a lot more potential for authenticity in, in this space, um, simply because the plant is so complex. Um, you know, we offer CBG seltzers along with CBD. So what, what is CBG? CBG is the mother molecule of the plant. So before it turns into hundreds of parts, it starts out as CBG or the stem cell. Um, Has, you know, 
by theory and and it would make sense that it has all the good stuff at that point before it goes and separates into all the different parts um helps a lot with pain relief and a lot with digestive it but uh digestive issues um people with crohn's and ibs experience a lot of relief with cbg um i mean i have countless stories of people that swear one of those in the morning changes their entire life wow uh, the way they get the way that it helps their stomach gets them through the day um that's enough for me to keep going you know yeah uh, and we were one of the first people or first companies in the world that put out a 20 milligram cbg seltzer of that type like no it, it wasn't even happening a couple years ago when we did that, you know, or a few years ago. And that's pretty exciting for a little company in St. Louis to be like one of the first in the world in the history of a plant to do something. And, you know, putting CBG in a gummy or a cookie or a brownie is never going to make it to me and a lot of other people. They're just not going to take their medicine in a candy form. Yeah. But you put it in something that's unsweetened, that has no masking, that's not hiding it simply working it into your lifestyle, that's something that's going to change the way people look at that, that plant in general. Um, that's what we're really excited about. Um, uh, and yeah, so CBG, I think to sum up the CBG thing, if, if the reason that we all know THC and CBD and you know, the, the, so far, those are the two that have been really mainstream are because those are the two that were naturally the most prominent in the plant before science got a hold of it and started extracting <laughs> and isolating things. Okay. So CBG so, is a harder harder molecule to isolate out of or not, or just a newer Not necessarily harder but just isn't there naturally in the flower as it as we were growing it for the last 100 oh, years. Okay. So like People grow hemp flower and CBD is the most prominent molecule in that plant naturally. Just like THC, there are a dozen or more different THCs. There's Delta 8, Delta 9, Delta 10. There's THCO, THCV, THCP, like all these different THCs. But we only know one. Delta 9 THC is the only one everybody really talks about. Okay. Like if, if you only hear somebody say THC, they're talking about Delta 9 THC. That's because Delta 9 and CBD were the two most prominent parts of the CBD hemp and marijuana plants. Other parts like CBG and CBN, we've known about them. They're, they've been... Uh, researched and all the things, but they've always been such small amounts in the flower that until I want to say 25 years ago is when the the cannabis industry on a whole started really extracting and making oils and concentrates. And at that time, CBG and other parts of THC started to be pulled out and extracted and that's when we really started to learn more about you know i mean these parts were being tested in separately in the 70s and 80s so i don't want to say that it's only 25 years old but yeah. but the like, government was doing it the 
normal people had a yeah. chance to start doing it 25 years ago. But like like at a commercial scale and at a more mainstream yeah. type. Uh, I, I, I got a fun little story about when I was 20 years old. I went to visit my friend in Eugene, Oregon. He moved out there to be a hippie. <laughs> he picked me up in the hotel. He picked me up at the airport. We had like a plate of brownies on the floor of his cutlass. We drove down to Garberville, California, went to a place that was on top of a pizza joint and met a guy named One-Eyed Tony. <laughs> we sat in a circle. One-Eyed Tony's wife's name was Mother. <laughs> Mother was in the kitchen making hash oil which at the time we didn't realize, but could have just blown up the entire block that we were on. And we all sat in a circle and passed a spoon around with a torch. And I was like, what the hell is this? Like, I don't, <laughs> and, and the guy has a patch on his eye and he's one-eyed Tony, you know, and he's like, like, here's how you do it. And you light the torch and you get the spoon. And he called it chasing the dragon. And we're like, wait, what drug is this? Like, I don't even know if this is something I want to do. Like, yeah. you know, and he's like, no, no, it's just weed. It's okay. You'll be fine. You know, grab this little tuner thing. And when the, when the, when the oil starts jumping around on the spoon, make sure you catch the puff when it comes out right away. Cause it'll just be one quick one. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So that was honey oil. That was, this was, you know, back in whatever, 19, 99 98 something like that and this was honey oil and this was like the forefront of extracting pure thc from the plant and taking it in a little vape puff i mean that's this was vapes before vapes yeah and you know that was the that was the beginning of it and it was very dangerous to make and now 25 years later it's all come a long way now and you can just buy it different ways of, <laughs> extract yeah now you can just buy it in 95 percent pure little you know wax grams and it was the same thing we were dripping onto the the hot spoon in, <laughs> in the little circle and then walking outside and realizing that the post office was right next door and and everybody even like it was like there was like weed everywhere out in the street and i'm like well there's the post office and then there's a guy with the big bag of weed <laughs> um so anyway side that was a fun story about oil and, and the, the early days of it. And, you know, now it is the most common thing ever. And I have a friend that owns an extraction facility here in Missouri and their company just did like a million dollars in like two months, just selling one gram concentrates. Wow. Like legally in dispensaries. So he's it, like, holy crap, dude. <laughs> you know, Is, um, is Missouri a uh, recreation Really legal medicinal, state, medicinal. just medicinal. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a it's a wild world out there with with the 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 concentrates and the the extractions. I mean, every few months there's going to be a new thing coming out too. And the big world that I'm in is the hemp <coughs> side of it. Uh, you know, hemp concentrates and the ability to get high on hemp is just a whole new concept that the world is still not really ready for. And the people that have spent millions and millions of dollars on the regulated Delta 9 THC, as we just talked about, that's only one of a whole bunch of parts. The whole hemp industry has the potential to really uh, flip, flip the, you know, flip the regulated industry 
on its head. I mean, it, it's there's a there's a very there's a lot of unknown ahead to see kind of how it all pans out. Um, let's take yeah. a real qu- one more real quick sponsor break. Um, okay. and then I have a couple more questions about the different, um, like CBD, CBG and Delta eight. Um, and then I want to hear the story of, about Kevin Smith. Perfect. So we will be right back. I buy my beer at district East in downtown Frederick, Maryland. They have an amazing selection of local and hard-to-find beers, and I love the option of making my own mix-and-match custom six-pack. District East is on Northeast Street in Frederick, in the same shopping center as Showroom Restaurant and Rockwell Brewery. Most weeks, they have over 950 beers in stock. Check out this week's selection at www.districteastbeer.com. Are you planning on having custom glassware made for your business? Glassware availability for 2022 has already reached capacity, and it looks like costs will predictably rise this year. Don't worry, ACS Brand My Beverage has you covered with over 6 million units of the most popular glass styles exclusively in their inventory to meet your branded glassware needs right now. Lock in today's lower prices and take immediate delivery, or ACS will store your product for you until you're ready. Email sales at brandmybeverage.com or visit brandmybeverage.com to reserve your glassware. McClintock Distilling is Maryland's first and only certified organic distillery, handcrafting gins, whiskeys, vodkas, and cordials from non-GMO organic ingredients in downtown Frederick. Named the best vodka distillery in the country by USA Today, best gin in the world at the International Spirits Competition, and double gold at the World Spirits Competition for bourbon, rye, and gin. Open now for tours, tastings, and classes. Come sample the most awarded distillery in Frederick today. All right, so is Delta 8, is that always derived from hemp, or is that from cannabis? Oh, wait, am I getting that messed up? I always get confused about everything. Is It's, it, it's confusing, and you, yeah. were, you stopped yourself right. Okay. <laughs> you were getting confused. um uh there's cannabis on is the umbrella that's right it's all cannabis and then hemp and marijuana because there's no better word for marijuana and i think that's where i always get confused about because marijuana just sounds like it should be just a slang term for it is well i guess it was it was a slang term for just cannabis for the longest time but now that we have hemp as a non-thc well, we've always had yeah we've always had hemp the the problem was the government needed a way to regulate it and determine what was good and what was bad yeah which is kind of the problem is where this all starts from a need to say this is bad and this is good yeah and so they create they literally utilize the word marijuana as the bad side of the, <laughs> of the cannabis plant it was like not the medicinal side that had tons of uh, medicinal value, but also had some side effects. It was bad and evil and the devil and Mexican and African-American and jazz music and all these things that it was tied to in an attempt to make it bad and make those things bad. Yeah. And now in 2022, which I think six months ago, this was a little more of a shocker. Now it's like, yeah, well, look at what else is going on. So, but, but 
six months ago, it was like, hey, it's 2022. How are you requiring medicine to have the word marijuana on it? You are literally the government in, in the state, the certain states, require marijuana to be the biggest word on the package. That is the rule. So weird. It, it can't even be what is in the package. It has to be this word marijuana that shouldn't <laughs> even be on medicine. It is forced to be the largest word on the product. Like, what the F, you know? <laughs> And, and so to me, I mean, I have, if I was financially and my family and my generations were all wealthy at this point and I could just feel like I could stop working, I would potentially retire and just work on getting rid of the word marijuana from the entire cannabis industry. It needs to stop. And the big part of it is that it was created, you know, this 0.3% divider this this differentiation from hemp to marijuana it was you know somebody was given a job to say hey what number what percentage <laughs> should we call this that and do this and do that and somebody's like okay i did my work uh 0.3 and they're like okay 0.3%. I wonder if there was really anything put behind oh. that or it was purely based on just a number that they decided to go with well, honestly, I'm super thankful. I mean, it was that it wasn't zero because zero wouldn't have opened the opportunity up for like the wedge in the door to just be pried open. And that's what's happening right now is I'm very thankful that it was 0.3. But like Oregon, for example, passed their own law and they allow 1%. They tripled the allowed okay. because they understood the big challenge with the 0.3% is that hemp farmers, if you grow fields of hemp and you test it at 0.4, it's it's technically supposed to be destroyed. Oh, That's, okay. And, and Oregon saw that as foolish. There's no reason you should destroy, destroy perfectly good crops just because of some percentage, you know, that's yeah. not real, that doesn't really have any real use like that, that percentage doesn't make sense and there's and and so they were like we should let farmers have three times more leeway because of the they understand the the nuances of growing this plant and also if you think about it from the other side a hemp plant that has too much delta 9 thc in it is the good stuff that's the plant that has all you know that it's like the better you grow it with more in it the more you'll be punished unfortunately yeah. <laughs> instead of instead of the more that you can make as a farmer and the more money that you can bring in by creating this better for everyone plant because people really do want those medicines fast forward to the pandemic and certain states are now essential right next to a bordering state where it's illegal and that was a huge that was a huge eye opener. All the cannabis marijuana stocks shot up. The whole world said this is pretty wild. The United States has essential states and illegal states and they're right next to each other. Like that's obviously a conflict in common sense. 
And so, oh, do you mean really from the standpoint of like, um, like I, yeah, in Maryland, a dispensary was considered essential. So, is that Absolutely. what you mean from like whether yeah. a, a yeah. dispensary like could, not, was exempt from not, lockdowns? Essential is a huge yeah. word. I mean, huge. There's really not a bigger word in in the in the world of freedom, you know, in in business, if you were deemed essential, you were put on another level of importance. Yeah. And, and, and to have certain states saying, look, this is not only illegal and needed, this, this is essential. You know, th- this is essential. That was like, woohoo! <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> even if five states said essential, it doesn't matter. It's like, that's, that's enough to lean on to say, look, if anything, this shouldn't be illegal. It should, you know, regulate it however, do whatever you need to do, but like it's essential. And the combination of something being essential and having to have the word marijuana on it at the same time, <laughs> it's it's kind of laughable. And as a manufacturer and an innovator in the space, it's hard for me to want to go into that space and be like, and, and fight against this, you know, this idea that marijuana should be the biggest word on your product. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go sell hemp products, and I'm not even going to put the word marijuana on there. I'm still going to put THC. I'm going to put warnings. I'm going to put all the proper stuff to let people know that they should beware. But I'm not going to do some scare tactic of using some big word that makes people uncomfortable about having medicine in their house yeah i mean that's that's my big you know you can tell it lights me up a little bit just a tad i mean it was a hint (laughs) it's that and the 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 unsweetened latte (laughs) um so what are the different effects then between like the effects that your your body will experience between cbd and cbg or do they have the same general? CB, CBG has a, a, a more noticeable effect on the body where uh, most people feel something. There's not a high there, but a, a calming effect, a comfort in your body, a little more balance. It's, it's, um, it hits the pain receptors. It, it's, it's just noticeable where CBD for a lot of people is more of a supplement, something that can be more noticed over time. Uh, a lot of people take CBD for two or three days and then start to feel anti-inflammatory benefits. And they're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Like on the third day, I, I really started feeling better. And when I stopped for a couple of days, I started feeling bad again. And so <laughs> there's that, you know, I think it's one of the biggest challenges in the world is just to get people to really pay attention to their own body, if nothing else, Yeah, you know, um, there's a lot more awareness about gut health and things out there than there has been, but it's still a really, uh, neglected issue overall. Um, so just, you know, personal wellness and people that with CBD, CBG, the difference between the two, they're going to be more noticeable with people that are paying attention to those things, Okay, you know, that, that notice the inflammation areas or, that they ate a certain food and it made them feel a certain way. I mean, those are, you know, not everybody's paying attention to things that way. 
So would it be accurate in, in if I understood you correctly, would it be accurate to say it's CBG is more of an, like you notice it more immediately and CBD is more of a longer term. Yeah. You feel I, the I effects say, of using it longer term. Yes. And then overall people that are, um, you know, there are a lot of people that are sensitive to CBD and will, will take a 20 milligram dose and, and feel drowsy perhaps, or just be like, Whoa, I, definitely wanted to chill out like that hit me pretty good and other people are like what no way like <laughs> you know come on and uh where was i <laughs> um cbd effects CBD. and stuff so the the yeah. next thing i have though is what what is delta eight like i think i know what it is but i don't have a full understanding of what delta eight is delta eight is a technically it is a derivative um it, synthetic derivative would probably be the best term although synthetic is kind of a, a a tough word to really define um delta 8 is present in small amounts and it can be made by converting cbd uh, through a through a conversion process, you can make delta eight or delta nine from CBD that is grown from hemp. So, the big thing that's happening in the industry is that delta eight is kind of letting the world know that you can make something from another part. Of, you can convert one part of the plant a molecule into another one. Uh, in other words there's a cheaper route to grow, <laughs> to, to grow hemp and convert it over to D8 or D9. And once it's the molecule, the molecules are molecules. So whether it came from a marijuana plant or a hemp plant doesn't matter when it is what it is. is uh, so is Delta-8 not regulated then? Delta-8 currently is federally legal. Okay. But there are a dozen states or so that have attempted to or semi-successfully banned or regulated it. Okay. Uh, it's just a, it's a state-to-state -state thing. I'm guessing um, there's states that are mostly in the middle of the country that have. It's pretty strange, but I would say the, the best way to look at it would be states that have medicinal or recreational in place are the ones that have the most support to ban the competition. Oh, okay. So it's actually so the that's, opposite. That's then what's happening. That may that makes sense, but also from like a like just what than, it, what it, what way it should be, it doesn't make sense. Idaho and Nebraska are the only two that I know of that are completely none none of anything. Okay. That that are completely like what you're thinking, which would be like they don't allow anything. Yeah. But they don't want people dancing. Is, What's happening is states with no medicinal or recreational, they have no opposition. They have no big money opposition to legalizing Delta 8 and selling it at a gas station or a, a CBD shop. And so what's that, what that is doing is it's giving those states a taste of what it's like to not have to deal with the regulation. 
And that's very, that's very powerful right now. Cause there are states that are like, why would we want to deal with all this regulation that all these other states have when we could just be an open market and people could go down to the grocery store, or the gas station and get, get their medicine. You know, it, it doesn't, for, for a manufacturer, I sure don't want to work in those states that have all their hands and their everything's metric tracked and there's cameras on everybody and you've got to pay somebody to transport it from point A to point B. Like, I, I just looked. I just looked it up. I was fully expecting Maryland to be one of the states that has made Delta Eight illegal, but they they actually still um, it, probably it's, everywhere. It it's not it's not illegal in Maryland. Because we we have medicinal, but we don't have recreational. Um, well, the next and, I don't have enough time, and we could set a separate podcast. But the next big thing that's happening right now is hemp derived Delta Nine. Yeah, let's. Well, we can follow so, up with all the all the nitty gritty of all that stuff at some time. Delta Eight um, is being kind of regulated, but nobody can say because of what we talked about before about Delta Nine being obviously in hemp plants naturally. Yeah. Nobody can argue the authenticity of a hemp-derived D9 product. You can argue what D8 is, and it's kind of hard to explain. But even though D9 can be made the exact same way as Delta 8, everybody trusts D9 and understands that the molecule is medicine. There's yeah. no question. So, And D8 is medicine, too, if used properly. Yeah. So it, it's really... And then there's HHC and all the other ones I started mentioning. It's like THCV, for example is getting very big. If you Google skinny weed, <laughs> THCV has, um, there are certain strains of weed out there that you'll smoke that don't give you the munchies. Huh. And it's, and it's very well known that there are certain strains that don't give you the munchies like other strains do. THCV is the, the molecule that gets you high, but doesn't give you the munchies. Yeah, let's, so, we de we definitely need yeah. to do another episode where we just dive into all the all, nitty gritty all of stuff. all the yeah yeah. I I, well, I I think it's fascinating. A lot of people I think do too. Like with and it, it, I think it's really a result of one hemp being legal like unregulated. Uh, what was that the the Farm Act of 2018 that did that? Yep. Or, um, yeah, the Farm Bill. Yeah, and the um legalizations in some states of marijuana that it just flooded so much money into the uh, research of the cannabis plant that there's just, like, it's the wild west of what can be done at this point. It seems like. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it doesn't, yeah, it, and it's not just about money. It, it flooded passion and accessibility to the innovation department. Yeah. You know, because that's one of the biggest things that I feel like hinders the Colorados and the Oregons and the Californias of the world is that it's so much money and regulation and power control at this point in those states that you end up not having the passionate innovators because they just get they they don't get any time at the table. And if you go to a place like Oklahoma, there's like 10,000 cannabis licenses in Oklahoma and I, I own one and I'm in and I'm in St. Louis, but I have good friends in Oklahoma that are residents <laughs> that we got together and got a license. And I'm one of the 
two or 3,000 functioning manufacturing licenses in Oklahoma for legal THC. And that allows us to go to, pro- go to market and get on a dispensary shelf with a brand new concept that you could, it would take years and millions of dollars to get into other markets. The, the markets that are passing bills and laws that are open to people that, like in Oklahoma, it was $2,500 and a resident and you pay it, you, you fill out the paperwork and you get a license. You know, yeah, you don't and, have to. In Maryland, the barrier to entry was tremendous. I can't, it was, it was in the millions, uh, like the bond that you had to put up in the, the proof yeah. of li- like liquid assets that you had to have and like there the barrier to entry in in Maryland was not your average joe was able to right. to acquire a license yeah and that's the way it is and the, it's the cool the cool thing about this space also is that everything we're talking about it's literally a global topic and watching it have play out globally there's not a whole lot of things that you get to see globally happen at the same time. Yeah. You know, like countries all over the world are trying to figure out how to legalize hemp right now. <laughs> and they're trying to figure out what Delta eight is and should they be, should it be legal? Should it be in the dispensary? Should they make money off of it? <laughs> should we sell it at the gas station? It's like, that's happening everywhere. I know somebody who is working on one of the only three licenses in Uzbekistan <laughs> that is going to that is going to service Asia. Oh wow! What That'll probably the, you know, like, there. But that's that's happening right now. It's not like this com- this country's five years ahead and ten years ahead. It's like everybody's at the ground base level. So and that's pretty neat. So before um, you run out of time, um, yes. let's Kevin. talk. Yes, let's talk about Kevin. I I have I am a huge fan of Kevin Smith, uh, and that is what I mean. Even made me aware of Mighty Kind. Uh, the first one I saw was the the movies co- collaboration, and that one is just your regular. Like you have that all the time, right? That's one of your regular products that you offer. Um, well, it is it is what birthed our relationship. Uh, that was proof of concept that it made sense for us to work together. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, that was the beginning of our relationship and is still the strongest, um, thing that project that we're working on, uh, those movies drinks. Uh, I don't know if you saw the trailer. I did. I saw it's in it a few times, isn't it? It's in it a few times. And (laughs) one really, really epic moment of Jay and Kevin high-fiving over the end cap display of our products. Yeah. I've seen so, when that, yeah, it's a, like the scene from the, the cash register at the quick stop shows an end cap of movies. Yeah. Uh, Mighty kind. They're seltzers. literally like high-fiving like this and the products are framed under the high five. So we're in the process of making an end cap display for stores. Oh, awesome. With life-size high-fiving Jay and Kevin with the products <laughs> under it. As seen in Clerks 3, Mubi's four-pack of CBG and CBD seltzers. And so <laughs> we've been doing, we've been building that products, you know, exposure. Uh, we went to 12 cities last year with the Mubi's pop-up tour. Mm-hmm. 
um, had, you know, sellout results everywhere we went. Um, it was a great tour. Those products were featured in the film. The um, And that's like the tip of the iceberg for the relationship that we have going and what's coming. It was like, hey, what if we do a four pack for movies? And then what about this idea? And what about this idea? And what about this idea? And so so now what I'm drinking right now is Chronicon, the cherry one, yeah. which is phenomenal. Yeah. That's just that's a limited release, right? That is, is a limited release. Uh, we, you know, we were supposed to be in California, but because of those regulations we were talking about earlier, they put a, a stomp on that at the last minute and wouldn't even allow a CBD product sold at a place that sells liquor, which that's is ridiculous. what movie. Yeah. So movies legally couldn't sell our CBD seltzers because they were selling beer like <laughs> in California. Like, yeah. so, and I couldn't go to Chronicon with CBD seltzers because they, even if they're THC free, they're so over-regulated there that everybody was scared of getting some kind of, you know, slap on the wrist or whatever. And so we, we you know, that ended up being an online release, which is, Somewhat frustrating, but it's okay. It was good for me. Everything happens. <laughs> it was still going to be online. Okay. But we were just, you know, being there and being part of that party was really part of the whole concept. Yeah. And we couldn't even have our movies at the movies pop up. Like, we're like, wait, we can't even do movies at movies? Like, what? Are, <laughs> this is California. Like, what are you talking about? So we, um, the movies thing, um, it's interesting, but like, we, we couldn't even promote the trailer other than we've heard we might be in it, you know, like we, <laughs> because it's also secretive yeah. and they don't want anything getting out. I am not going to know what happens in that movie until September 4th on Sunday in New Jersey. When it comes out, the very first showing is in the afternoon on Sunday, September 4th. And I'll be there in, oh, awesome. in the third, in the third row of the pit. Um, and I'll be there for the questionnaire, question and answers after to be like, did you see that? <laughs> you know, like, uh, so I don't know. I heard from the, the quick stop owner who I talk to almost every week now. We're like good friends, Raj. Um, in Although real life, which is Kevin's buying it though, isn't he? Um, I mean, I think there's, there's a, a lot of things in the works. But, yeah. Um, and they have partnerships, definitely. Um, but Raj said that our four-pack is going to be, at one point, Jay picks up a four-pack and puts it on the counter and buys it in the movie. That's like, awesome. We don't, we're like, is and he's like, I can't, I don't know for sure if it's in the movie, but I saw it happen on camera. So whether they use the shot or not, or how yeah. much it focuses, we don't know any of that. But like... For me, I mean, I've been dreaming of like Jay saying like, what's the CBD, CBG? What the fuck is this shit? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. like I'll make a T-shirt saying that with him yeah. on it, holding a four pack, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I really, really wanted to um, go see it in at the those first showings in New Jersey. Yeah. But I, I'll be down in Virginia at a beer festival. Yeah, I mean, I, I heard people that are in New Jersey that got shut out of tickets for that. So I guess I got them at the right time. Yeah, they sold out fast. I knew I knew ahead of time that they were coming. And I got I bought 10 tickets for September 13th, which is opening day nationwide. And then for St. Louis. 
And then I got, you know, two tickets for like VIP tickets in the third row pit. For the, <laughs> nice. For the, the very first afternoon <clears throat> show. So I'm going to be going out there just for that. Hopefully there's some kind of pre-party on Saturday night. I've heard rumors of something happening somewhere out there on that one too. So, so um, how, how yeah. did that relationship come about? How, yeah. So I have to give a shout out to my friend, Anthony Spina. He just launched his own, uh, system seltzers, uh, out of Chicago. Um, he's a good friend and, he introduced me to Derek Barry, uh, who is the artist that um, did all the pop-ups. He designed that pop-up idea. Um, he did it for a couple other themes. Kevin saw it and was like, hey, would you want to do a movies pop-up? And Derek went on tour nationwide, changing places into movies. And yeah. really, he's an awesome dude, great artist. Uh, he just got a new job with... Uh, with the bucket list people he's doing a golden girls themed uh pop-up right now in la oh cool uh so he's he's a a great person a great artist but anthony introduced me to derek derek was like hey we're coming to st louis and i hear you're pretty connected do you want to hook me up with a local brewery because we do these beer collabs for movies in every city that we go to and i was like yeah no problem hook you up with a cool brewery got a cool label together and was like, you know, I make CBD seltzers. If you want to do a collab with those while you're in town, that would be pretty fun. And as soon as Derek told Kevin's manager that I literally got a phone call and was like, Hey, you want to make CBD seltzers for Kevin? He's been looking for somebody to do this for a while now. And I was like, are you kidding me? And he's like, yeah, but they have to be sugar-free. And I'm like, check done. Well, they have to be gluten-free. <laughs> check they have to be vegan check it was like alcohol free check it was like all these things i'm like holy shit like this is perfect yeah, like we're a made match for made in heaven <laughs> match made in heaven so i'm like so but they were still pretty skeptical on just the product not having it you know they tasted it they're like okay cool let's do st louis and see how it goes and we sold over 600 four packs in like six days it was it was over 100 cases of product and they were every review was, you know, positive, great tasting. This is so cool. Look at this label. We took the movies cow and we flipped the nostrils and the eyeballs on the on the can. Yeah, the one on the right. Yeah. So when you look at it, it has a weird face that then makes you wonder which one is right, which one's wrong. You like you can't you have to look at another cow to see which one was the real one. <laughs> And it's fun because that was the sole feature that Kevin wanted to hear about. He's like, did you guys do that on purpose or was that like a glitch? And that's the <laughs> only thing he asked about on the label was what's up with the eyes and the nose? Was that on purpose? And we're like, it was totally on purpose. We like to give people a payoff if they're really paying attention. We like to, you know, if it, if it was disrespectful to the cow or movies, then let's let's get rid of it. And he's like, no, we love it. Let's work together. You guys are great. This label's so cool. And and really, that was the intro to a quality product, executing a quality representation of, of his brand and ours. And it just felt right. And it like he's like, why don't you do every city on tour with us? And we're like, 
okay, that sounds like a dream <laughs> come true. And we, you know, we made every one that we could make, which was most of them, except for California and a couple other places that were being weird about even CBD. Yeah. Um, and we launched it online. It's been amazing. We ship out product every week somewhere in the country that somebody's finding out about it. And, uh, you know, we're looking at getting distributors in the Northeast for this product and putting out the as seen in clerks three promo. So really the product has been just kind of hanging out, marinating, you know, getting out there organically, not putting a whole lot behind it. Cause we don't know what's going to happen in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like we, we can't like show a screen cap of, Hey, here's us in the movie. Cause it hasn't come out yet. Yeah. Um, there's pictures of Kevin holding the can, but that's about all we got. Um, for a few reasons, Kevin just got his Chronicon yesterday. So, so I had it before him. (laughs) I'm I'm hoping you did. I'm hoping that he, you know, either gives it a post or gives it a little, Hey guys, yeah, go get some, you know, that, that means the world for us. Um, so whether he does or not, it's out there, it's doing its thing. It's, it's a, it's a limited run when it's gone, it's gone. We won't keep making those, you know, maybe we'll make a new design next year. Um, Yeah. I think you should make them because it's absolutely delicious. But then we also have a whole bunch of, we're going to be releasing new labels, new flavor stuff on a regular. Um, I don't want to let a cat out of the bag, but in general or with Kevin, with Kevin. Awesome. We're, we're, we're working on a much broader project um, with him. Uh, not just so specific little niches. We're kind of yeah. working okay. on a bigger idea, and I, uh, yeah, I'm I'm hoping that dream comes to fruition. Um. So w- real quick. Th- so the the way that the cow was drawn on the can that was more yeah. like there was no meaning behind it. Kind of it was just like an Easter egg type of thing for someone who's paying it close attention. Is that if I understood as far correctly? As flipping the yeah. flipping the details. Um, yeah, I mean, it makes a face, you know, a little two eyes and a happy face, yeah. like smile thing that isn't really supposed to be there. Um, so it just really, for us, it was like, here's our, this is our personality. Our interpretation. If you appreciate this, you know, then stay tuned because we're going to have some other fun stuff coming. And the Chronicon one was actually artwork that, that Kevin provided us. Yeah, I have one of the, it's from the, um, the, the lanyard. Yeah, they yeah they put it on they they had artwork that they then applied to a handful of things for Comic Con 2022. So well, no, was, the it's from uh, Jane Silent. It's from the reboot. The, the oh, the artwork. Yeah, yeah, the the, the, the two the one characters. the the Chronicon side. That's um what the lanyard from the Chronicon oh, and reboot I, is. Did, I didn't even put that together. Yeah, because I I have one of those somewhere here. I don't think I'll be able to find it quickly. Uh, but but it was, that was one where that was one where they came to us and were like, "Hey, you want to put this on a can?" And we're like, "Heck yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> we'll call it Cherry Pie." And you know, it's kind of a cherry and a little bit of vanilla, and so it was a. Uh, it, it made it, sense, and um, it is it is really 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 good. Good. I'm glad you like it. Well, we, you know, we've um, we got a lot of flavors out here, and we do you know the Mighty Kind Movies thing is a collab. The Mighty Kind Chronicons a collab. 
a lot of the flavors that we'll put out, you you can get as a Mighty Kind flavor on a regular. And then these are limited okay. edition. Some of them will be limited edition labels on a flavor that we offer as a regular. Okay. And then others will just be exclusive flavors that we thought were good and made a small amount of and put a cool label on and got it out there. I mean, we're working on, you know, Buddy Christ stuff and lots of different, uh, lots of different content. I mean, that's what's so fun is how many people could I partner with that are so authentic and have so much cool content that they own Yeah, that you can, you know, that you can put out there to people. And, and really for me, it's introducing these products through, you know, through it, through an awesome brand. You know, it's a, it's, that's just a, a, I'm really lucky to be, have this opportunity. Have you, have you met him yet? Oh yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. Okay. We've, yeah, you, we've gotten the pop-ups. We've, we've definitely hung out and <clears throat> he's, uh, he's experienced our medicinal drinks and things. And, uh, it's, yeah, he's great. I mean, obviously anyone who's a fan of his or knows anything about him, you know, probably hears nothing but great things. So <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, that's, um, uh, if you have time, I have stupid questions that I end every episode with that we can go into. And one of them is, uh, a select who's a celebrity you would love to meet. And there's often a thing like, you know, you don't real often, you don't want to meet those people that you look up to because they're a huge disappointment, but I've heard nothing like I've only ever read or heard like stories about how amazing it is as a fan to meet him. Like that he yeah. is 100% who you want him to be. Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. I, 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 uh, I don't know how he does it. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm a, you know, I'm a bar owner of 23 years. I know what it's like when people like come to see you and yeah, you're yeah. kind of like, you got to be that person they want to see, you know, and it's not always easy, man. It's, it, I, I commend him on that greatly. Um, how, how soon will some of those other things you've alluded to be coming out or is that a TBD? Uh, well, we just have our hands full with the movie release okay. right now. And we really want to focus and give that it's, it's attention. You know, we've been, we've been nurturing this movies project for like we said, a year and a half or so now, uh, definitely over a year. And it's finally time to shine for yeah. that, for that four pack. So we don't, you know, as as much as the next thing is a, is potentially a whole lot bigger, it's also tough to like. We don't. It's tough to really even process how big this is because it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Like we don't. It could be kind of like okay, the trailer was it. That was cool. We didn't even expect that. Like yeah. I was like, what? You know. And so the movie. I don't want to. I tend to try to keep the ball in my court in all areas, including my excitement and, you know, being let down or surprised or, you know, whatever. So I'm not expecting more than I got in the trailer. Yeah. And if I get that and it's in the, if it's that scene is in the movie, I'll be happy, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, if there's other things like grabbing a four pack and putting it on the counter or making a joke about it or any of that is like, that's going to be mind blowing. Yeah. And I don't, I can't even really, uh, re, you know, I don't even know how I'm going to react to that. But the, all that being said, the the bigger vision that we have is is just that. It's much bigger. It's much more uh, current, Kevin. Okay. You know, that's the that's the 
the best uh, hint I can give is that we're going to, you know, focus on who Kevin is now. All right. So I know um, you are obviously a busy man and you don't have a, a lot more time. Do you have time to answer some, uh, some of my ending stupid questions? Sure. All let's right. do it. Who would win in a battle between a ninja and a pirate? Pirate. Thank you. That is the correct answer. Most people say ninja. They're wrong, and it is a pirate. Pirates play dirty. <laughs> that that is another good. Okay, I'm you. I'm adding that to. I I always get asked to explain why I think a pirate was, and that's going to be in one of my. And I never had reasons. It was simply that that that's just who I decided who would win. Um, <laughs> I'm going to add uh, to my list because they play dirty. Uh, is Batman a ninja? No. Um, pizza or tacos? Tacos. What's scarier, aliens or clowns? Clowns. <laughs> um, you know my answer. Uh, who name a famous person that you would love to meet? Boy, um, Rosario Dawson. Uh, who knows? Maybe you'll get to see her at uh, on I, the fourth. I know she has drank my drinks. Awesome. So <laughs> that that's a start. Yeah, that's one step in the right direction. Unfortunately, she's a, a fan of an or a, a, an ambassador or something of another competing drink brand so oh, i know okay. she she's probably not going to post about my yeah. drink even if she does like it <laughs> does pineapple belong on a pizza sure but not for me the correct answer is no uh okay, so no. <laughs> how do you feel about garden gnomes the more the better good to go is it acceptable to use a gift card on a first date? Yes. Is Nickelback actually a good band? My guess is no. That, that's the correct answer. <laughs> but, but I'm not going to give them the credit of letting them know that I have ever listened to it. <laughs> What is the worst concert you have ever attended? Oh, damn. Uh, um, wow, I, I tend to remember the good things, I, I guess. See, that's why I ask, because everyone, like, everyone asks what's the best you've attended to. I want to know what the worst one you've attended. <clears throat> all right we can go to him I'm, easy I, i'm pretty stoked that i can't remember <laughs> that is good i've blocked uh, it out apparently because i know what's happened is die hard a christmas movie movie for all times yes what is your favorite robin williams movie We'll go with 
Good morning, Vietnam. You're the first person to answer that, and that is a great movie. Uh, what goes into the bowl first, cereal or milk? Cereal. All right, good. You're not a maniac. What is your most prized possession? I can't drive without the seatbelt with the seatbelt thing going off either. So maybe um, prized possession. Mm. My mom's wedding ring. One last one. What is the best color of Starburst? Cherry. Uh, the right answer red. is pink, but red is also acceptable. As long as you don't answer red. yellow. <laughs> I, and the thing is, I answer yellow for everything. <laughs> Uh, it is kind of a theme with yeah. you, huh? <laughs> yeah. I have yellow shorts on, but I won't show you that. All right. Thank you so much for your time today. Uh, we definitely will need to follow up with uh, another episode where you teach me all about uh, cannabis and the new, new fangled ways of consuming it. Uh, but thank you for giving us the rundown of, um, mighty kind and, uh, and indulging me with your Kevin Smith story. And uh, absolutely. I, I appreciate you asking. And, uh, thank you everyone for listening. Cheers. The uncapped podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook. And if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google play or the iTunes store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening. Oh my God, that's good.